1: Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the 5th of July and it's Monday and that means we just watched Monday Night Raw. My name is Jack Farmer and I'm joined by Justin Labar and Chuck Carroll. Raj Geary's just doing boss stuff, so he's out enjoying a three-day weekend, but we're here putting in time and a half. Fellas, always great to see you. Let's start with the important stuff. How was your 4th of July? Chuck, you're filling in for the boss, so I'll let you go first. How was your 4th of July weekend?
2: It was pretty good. It wasn't as as good as Raj's. As I understand he was spending it on the golf course. That lucky son of a gun. So, uh, but it it was good. It was relaxing, and uh, I got an opportunity to check a lot of things off of my honey do list as well. So, happy wife, happy life, gentlemen.
1: Yeah the the honey do list for a uh, Fourth uh, uh, of July, a day about freedom. Yet there you are slaving away for the the misses. But I get where you're coming from. I don't blame you. Uh, George Washington
3: would come out of the grave and cut your balls off, (laughs) Charles.
1: Well, Justin, one, I want to hear about your 4th of July, but I want to also say while we wait for people to settle in and find their seats, I went and followed your boy on social media, Spencer Slade, today. I suggest everyone else does the same. He's got a big matchup coming up, so I figure maybe you spend a couple minutes chatting us up all about uh, his big matchup.
3: Yeah, you said it. Good good, good decision by you, Jack Farmer. (laughs) Follow him on uh, Twitter because, yeah, July 9th, this Friday, it is Spencer Slade up against Big Kaz, Kaz XL, seven foot tall. You can't teach that. And this is going to be an opportunity of a lifetime for Spencer Slade. He's the newest acquisition of Justin LaVar Business. I mean, you know, we're talking the the, the lineage of these he's stepping into, uh, of RJ City, of Wardlow, of Dr. Baker. Now it's Spencer Slade's time, and Friday – Northeast Wrestling combined with IWC Wrestling, Ross Draver Ice Gardens and Ross Draver PA still get some tickets left. You know, I, I heard apparently he, he, Cass was on CBS Radio here in Pittsburgh talking shit on me. Uh, you know, it it's going to come to a head. It's going to come to a head come Friday, and I encourage everybody to seek it out. I, you know, he keeps wanting to refer to me and, and the dirt sheets and read what he used to read and follow me when he was coming up. And tr- oh, wait until he wakes up Saturday morning. He's not going to like the dirt sheets of what the headline's going to be when Justin LeBar won Kaz 0. Back to the weekend in hand. Yes, I had a nice one of the Jolly Weekend. I did golf a little bit. I got drunk. I sobered up. Then I watched Raw. Now I wish I was drunk again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, you mentioned a lot of big names there. So, folks, like uh like I said, go follow Spencer Slade now because he's probably gonna be too big of a star uh soon enough. So uh get at on Slade, the bandwagon now.
3: At Slade Wrestler, and yes, Kaz is there, Enzo's there, there's a meet and greet before Carlito's there, there's a meet and greet before the show, Sergeant Slaughter, Lex Luger. Uh so come on out, meet and greet, then uh then the show. And like I said. Uh, Northeast Wrestling and IWC Wrestling, you can go to my Twitter if you want uh, want to see the banner or or how to find tickets. There are still a few tickets left, but I don't think there'll be left come Friday, so act now. Ross Draver, PA, just uh, 20 minutes outside of Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, that's definitely going to be a good one. And uh, speaking of good ones, we already got one in the chat, and uh, uh, it's from Jody Shauna Jenkins, who says, uh, I know you'll get to it, but names aside, Mace and T-Bar are crazy good. I'm hopeful things straighten out for them in the near future. Uh, Jody, you're right. We will be getting to them in a little bit, but uh, I'm a fan of both those guys. I was actually thinking, good on Mace for betting on himself. He had a cush job at the commentary table a while back, but he bet on himself, said, I want to try to get in the ring, and here he is living the dream. I'm you know, good for him.
3: Well, I don't know if being – the leftovers retributions is like living the dream, but I do get the sentiment you're putting out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys in catering right now that, uh, you know, he could have been maybe not with the WWE anymore or something, but he, here he is. He's on TV. I feel like that's a, that's a win. And, uh, Ryan W by the way, in the chat as well says go off. So I think he's ready for us to say some, uh, not so good things about raw tonight. We'll get there. We'll get to, mm. <laughs> uh, Plenty. um, I do want to take a minute to thank, uh, send a thank you to everyone who is in the chat, by the way, uh, Alonzo, uh, uh is it Mike Carl, uh, Joseph Boza, uh, Hushberger, uh, M Rouse, uh, everyone who's there thank you so much for chatting along and joining us live also thank you to everyone who's listening to the podcast afterwards wherever you find your podcast uh, you're all appreciated but if you could do us a favor give us one of those five star reviews hit the like button the subscribe button uh also if you want your comment read on the air like you just saw just hit us with one of those super chats as well it's always fun interacting with all of you uh and Ryan says he was talking about LaBar's promo. Yeah, that absolutely. We see we started hot here,
3: right, Justin? <laughs> well, WWE didn't want to do it for her, so I figured I had to infuse something else. <laughs> yeah. So uh <laughs> well let's uh you know I think we've
1: given them time to to come on in and uh Uh, and settle in so let's start off with the start of this show we start off with uh ms tv and i thought this was kind of your typical we've got a big multi-man match coming up so we're we're gonna put everyone in the ring together to me personally the two guys that felt like they owned this segment though were john morrison and riddle lots of stuff was said and done but it set us up for the rest of the night uh ricochet and morrison went back and forth and that set up a ladder or a match later. AJ was crabby about what happened last week. That set up a match with AJ and Riddle later. And Drew reminded us that he has relentlessly tried to get the title since losing it to Miz and gave us what I'm calling, did Drew know, history lesson about the Alamo before dumping Omos on the outside. Obviously, lots of matches came from this. Chuck, we'll start with you. Just as a general opening of the show, how
2: did you feel about how Raw kicked off? Look, man, I know we're talking about the 4th of July, but this might as well have been Groundhog Day, okay? It's so formulaic. Week after week after week, you get that 10-15 minute setup at the top from a promo, whether it's Miz TV, maybe it's somebody just on a stick mic, it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is they're going to talk and then they're going to set up matches. I wish they would start hot with the friggin' match for a change. Like, give me something different. Please, God, give me something different. It's so hard to see the same thing week in and week out and even if they are setting up some decent matches i'm checked out because i feel like i've already seen this before
1: yeah Yeah. especially when they got to the multiple people coming out you kind of knew like okay it's going to be one of those things where we get everyone in the ring but justin uh just kind of your thoughts on this setup
3: i mean i understand the purpose of the segment you know you you are again you're trying to get everybody's trying to make their claim of why what they want and who the problem is going after this briefcase i get it i mean it's just it's formulaic but i understand what they do but i agree with chuck it doesn't have to be what starts the show. You don't have to put that off the top. Uh, you know, I mean, there's different ways to get to it. To put it at a different time. Uh, you know, I. Here's a thought: Let the show start, and if you already have one guy in the ring and another guy, and, and, and it's and you get to a match within the first 90 seconds, who knows what that might do to retain an audience? I don't. know. Let's try it. Um, but I mean, I get it. it. The Money in the Bank. It's two weeks away. It, it, that's that's just what they're going to do. Um, I'll say this. This is actually for Ricochet, who I've, you know, said over and over who who performs like a, who, who has the physical performance abilities of a stuntman, but also mm-hmm. the verbal abilities of a stuntman. This is at least a time where I'm interested in what he has to say because I'm like, all right, this is gonna be, you know, a great this is gonna be a great playground for him. Don't expect him to win. I give him I'm not he's he's last in my betting odds of who I'm, I'm betting to on WrestleRumble.com to win. But I will say I'm interested like when Ricochet was talking, I was like, all right, I'll listen to this one because I'm just curious. Is he going to say anything at all to help razzle-dazzle? He's already got the advantage of he's the guy that can do the ridiculous things, and they showed the clip last week with with John Morrison. So I'm like, all right, can he complement it with anything interesting? Can he complement it with a good soundbite? I don't know if he did, but at least I'm engaged to see Ricochet at this match, at this pay-per-view, and I don't say that very often just because I don't think that he's been positioned to matter other than a few big stunts.
1: I think that's a really good point because Ricochet is someone I think a lot of us have all – kind of in some way or another gotten behind whether it be just because he's exciting to watch or whether we've seen him in other companies or whatever the case is but you're right this is kind of like is he going to do what he needs to do to get a a returning spot on tv because he's always been sort of in that spot where he's fighting for the opportunity to be on tv and maybe i don't know every time he's on the microphone i'm crossing my fingers i'm like do what you need to do to earn that spot to come back week in and week out and so he, he is very interesting to me uh, when I watch his matches or when I watch him on the microphone in in these segments, at least. Um, but that just kind of like rules. Let's just roll right into that first match. I, the rematch alert of the day, Ricochet versus John Morrison. These guys have great matches. Uh, we didn't get a winner last week. So the rematch here actually made a lot of sense to me. I thought the match was really good. I don't think either one of these are going. Either one of these guys are going to win Money in the Bank, uh, but I thought they did a little bit to spice themselves up and remind us that they're going to add some fireworks to the show. Uh, Morrison wins via countout with the Miz's help. Uh, Chuck, how are you feeling about Miz on the outside helping out his buddy John Morrison? The matches and these two going into kind of a big opportunity for both of them.
2: I mean, if Miz is on the outside, he's going to wind up getting involved somehow or another, right? So... uh This match, I absolutely love. I agree with you 1000%. I don't see either one of these guys factoring in uh, as far as being a winner at the actual Money in the Bank ladder match, but I love seeing these two guys actually perform. You want to talk about just being able to go. These guys can go. These guys are everything that can be right with WWE if given the chance. For the love of Pearl, please give Ricochet a chance. If we could get that hashtag trending, I know it's a little bit long, but by God, if we could get that going, that would be fantastic because every single time I watch this guy, I am hooked on his matches. Okay. It's hard for me. I, I know he got plugged in at that, that opening promo where I got checked out and I was just kind of thumbing through my phone, looking who slid into my DMS, whatever the case may be, but I love watching Ricochet's matches and you put him in there with somebody of the caliber of a John Morrison, man. I could watch that. Give me a 60 minute, give me a Broadway with these two. I'd be more than satisfied. Yeah, this is one of those examples where I always say even
1: I think it's okay for WWE to give us a banger matches, even if they don't necessarily mean the end of like the biggest thing in the world. Like if you gave guys like Ricochet matches week in and week out just against anybody, you're going to be blown away. And eventually people are going to latch on to him, at least I think so. And I think this is a great use of someone like John Morrison, who's also super talented and can hang with him in the ring. Uh, Justin, did either of these guys, I guess, move the needle tonight for you?
3: It was very entertaining to watch. Uh, State, I mean, you know, it's uh, that that spot that, of them going to the outside just before the end. I mean, I cringe. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they. It's it's entertaining to watch again the stuff that they can do physically. I remember it's 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 funny. I was thinking about this earlier tonight watching the match. Uh, I can remember being out at uh, in, in in LA in your neck of the woods, Jack, for yeah. uh, Lucha, Lucha Underground season two f- filming. Yeah, and Morrison's there at the time, and, and Ricochet was under a mask as Prince Puma. And I remember seeing both these guys. Morrison, obviously, I was already familiar with, and saying, "Man, let's get them both." into the WB and see what they can do on that stage, on that scale. Well, here they are. Again, they're going to be in a, in a premier match. That is money in the bank. To Chuck's. I agree with, again, with Chuck. I don't give either of them you – know, I don't think either of them are going to factor into to the finish here. Um, but, you know, it, they are very fun to watch. Again, to, to back to the original point. Start the show. Have these two guys ready to go. That might retain an audience. As people are as people are searching through as we're, as we're going into the 8 o'clock hour, again, you see two guys like this that are doing the things they're doing, you know, I don't know, it, it, but I, it's probably more interesting than seeing a bunch of entrances of people out there with microphones uh, and you're trying to pick up the context of what they're talking about.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's funny you mentioned that as well, because it seems like every time they do start the show with the match, Twitter is a flurry with people going, oh, wow, right into the action. This is crazy. And like, they're talking about it. And I get that WWE has a formula and they have like a kind of a, a template and what they want to do to sort of slot together the show quickly. But I think it's possible to just have two different, uh, I guess, templates that you use. You don't have to start with the same one every single time over and over again. Because yeah, I think if you just started these two doing their flips and jumping all over the place, everyone's going to be hooked and say, what's going to happen next? And that's, and that's what you want.
3: You got to find the happy medium, because like I'm, I'm a big, uh, you know, I don't know who else to attribute it to, but I say, I say like a Vince Russo mindset. I'm very big into on weekly TV. I don't want a whole lot of long two, three segment matches. S- save right. the longer matches for the pay per view. That's where right. it should be. I am more of a give me quick, give me. I want, I, w- I want to be head on a swivel, constantly being, you know, here, here, But I do think that 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 doesn't mean that the action is not important. I do still think you can have a match, and th- this would have been a perfect kind of match. You know, the Ricochet Morrison didn't go very long. It ended in, in a in a in an open ended, oh, I gotta see more. It was a count out. You know, so like that it just put it again, put it up top. Don't don't bury it after I've had it here twelve minutes of talking.
2: I would love to see what the quarters are, right? Is there a reason why WWE continues to put that kind of thing at the top of the show? Are they just waiting for the audience to build? They're just kind of giving it time? Or do they start off with this and then that triggers the erosion? I haven't really looked at the quarters in a little while, but if either one of you guys know that, I would love to know the why behind this.
3: More often than not, the audience is going down from the moment the brawl starts. The audience is going down more and more overall. So I think it's the idea is look, money in the bank again. It's two weeks away. We got to get people watching on Peacock. You know, this is what we're selling. So let's get it out there on the top. Let's see all these charismatic. Let's see the riddles. Let's see the styles. Let's see all these guys. And you know, that's that's that is my understanding of, of of their mindset right now. Is to put that out because after that everything else is it's it's trickling down. You don't. There's not many times where we have the hourly on here. on Rustin Inc. reported the next day or two days after. Very rarely do you see, oh, hour two was an increase over over hour one, or oh, two dip but three bounce back up. It's usually just a just a decline as the night goes on. It's just it's the damn show's too long. Mm.
1: Right. Yeah. It's and that's a. Again, that's kind of a, uh, a repeated thing. That this show is too long, and that's probably why they do these opening things, too, because they know they can have people walk out slowly to their entrances and sort of eat up some clock so that they don't feel like they have to drag things out later in the night. It would be my guess is sort of give themselves a little bit of time to like kill in the beginning so they're not playing catch up the rest of the night. I don't know, though, but it seems to be the format they've used for a very long time. So I'm sure there's a reason for it, but I don't know what the reason is to do it this way just about every single time. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, uh, to your point too, I think, uh, more matches and maybe not multi-segment matches and, and just more stuff to happen. So it's more fresh and interesting the whole time. And, uh, I think you get more value out of that. I think you get more stuff out of that. And speaking of fresh and value, you know, we had a, a promo code with hello fresh that would get you 12 free meals and we decided we're going to make it even better. We're going to improve that value. Now you're going to get 14 free meals with hello fresh For those of you who are wondering what HelloFresh is, with HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You get to skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, which is why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items each week, including ready to eat salads, sandwiches, and soups. I tried this when we first launched it with the 12 free meals and I became hooked. It's just so easy to make dinner that's healthy and easy and fast and tasty and different. And I'm, I don't know how to put together a grocery list, so this saves my bacon many, many times. Uh, if you guys are interested in that, I definitely would say go to HelloFresh.com slash INC14 and use the code INC14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Once again, go to HelloFresh.com slash INC14 and use the code INC14 for up to 14 free meals plus shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Guys, do
2: you have you used HelloFresh? It's it's incredibly easy.
3: It's very, very good.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan, man. Anything that has to do with convenience and health, I am all about. Because look, I mean, even earlier tonight, right? My wife and I went out to the farmer's market. That was one of the things on the honey-do list. And we picked up a bunch of fresh produce, right? But now you take the time. You got to come back. You got to shuck that corn. You got to snap the green beans. And what did it do? It took me two freaking hours to make dinner tonight. I was doing that right up until Raw began, right? But if I had Hello Fresh tonight, I wouldn't have to have wasted two hours of my life in the kitchen man it's a time saver it's healthy it makes me happy i'm all in for some hello fresh
3: you should have pushed dinner back a few hours and shucked during raw though have passed the time
2: <laughs> oh good call bro <laughs> good call yes uh
1: but yeah one of the things i like about it with them sending their stuff as well is like when i go grocery shopping i never think about things like buying crushed walnuts for a salad you know what i mean i'm like i'll get the leaves and then i get the leaves home and i'm like i don't want to just eat leaves i don't know how to deal with this but then hello fresh they give me the stuff i'm like oh cranberries yeah that'll make that tastier (laughs) that works better uh that's what i love about hello fresh so again i just recommend everyone try it out it's it's great for especially if you're busy and you're trying to eat healthy but
3: it is super convenient like you know like like chuck's of convenience like i'm the same way you know when when going on the kicks of trying to eat healthy and and, and not uh, not do the not do the oh well I'm out over here I guess I'll just oh that there's that fast food there or oh, there's that whatever there like you know if you can if you can have something you can pop it in the microwave for a couple minutes and it and it's good stuff it's not it's not like bland you know you know grin and bear it's it's tasty stuff you know it's mm-hmm. tasty meals and, and and they have a variety if you want seafood if you want whatever they have a variety of stuff it's really good
1: yeah and now you get like i said f- I'm blown away by 14 free meals is insane to get as a free trial. So uh, again, go, you know, just use hellofresh.com slash uh, I N C one, the numbers one and four give it a try. Um, but I want to talk about something we gave a try today, and that was Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles. Uh, Riddle, by the way, he had time to chat on the ladder. He had a promo backstage with Damian Priest. He had a great match with AJ Styles, and I may be overstepping here just a little bit, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think Riddle tonight has proven to me that in the next few years, he's going to be the guy. I mean, maybe second to Roman Reigns, but... I think he's going to be in the conversation. I think he was incredibly entertaining. He fits somehow still right within what works for WWE. I thought his match today was incredible. I think he's going to be the guy in a few years. Uh, Chuck, we'll start
2: with you. Am Am I overstepping there thinking he's going to be the guy? No, man, Matt Riddle is kind of growing uh, on me like a fungus, but a good kind of fungus, right? The kind of fungus like a mushroom you would get with (laughs) HelloFresh. Matt Riddle is just absolutely fantastic, man. And I was actually thinking it's one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was just how well that he gelled even with Damian Priest. It seems like no matter what role you put him in, who you pair him with, he's going to be able to not just hold his own, but actually elevate the other person as well. I do think that this guy has the entire skill set needed to perhaps be the top guy, whether it takes two years. I don't know. It could happen yeah. sooner if he continues like this. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I thought and the, and in the Matt,
1: in the ring, I thought he was great with the, the playing on the foot thing. I love the crane kick. I, I, I love that. I don't, I don't care what anyone else thought. I, I enjoyed that. Justin, uh, how did you feel about where this was?
3: Well, Riddle, how versus, this style, Riddle versus Styles was match of the night. So for those yeah. that are watching or listening to this after the fact, live or again tomorrow, <clears throat> and you're wondering, okay, what is worth fast-forwarding on my DVR to watch, this match has worked well. It's a couple segments long, so it's it's not a quickie. But yeah. uh, but but it was a good story. It was a great kind of comeback with Riddle. who yeah, He's got the ankle and, and foot all taped up, the right foot all taped up. Um, he's got – t- he has a ton of skill sets. Uh, he, he checks the boxes. And, you know, he's, he's the goofy guy, but he can be goofy because he can't kick your ass. And the fact that he actually has MMA – know background and a winning record that credibility you know it's, it's it's to a much lesser degree but it's like the Brock factor again you, you it's easier to sell somebody especially a casual fan that this guy while he's not as big as Brock he's still he's long he's lean he can still turn it up you know he sells like gangbusters with his babyface facials but he also can get mean and he can get angry and he can play heel if they ever want to go that route which inevitably they will if he can stay healthy, if he can stay out of trouble as the crowds return, I agree. I don't know. I'm not going to go as far as to say he's going to be the guy, but I think he's right there in that crop right now with, you know, the Damian Priest and his other other guys and girls that are coming up that you can just kind of feel it. And they've all been kind of, you know, pent up like a bull at a rodeo because we haven't had the fans. So now once we get back and they get back out in front of these live fan live crowds, I think Matt Riddle is definitely one of the ones where he could be main of any manias here sooner than later. If he's healthy, out of trouble, And continues doing his thing, I think the crowd will react to him in a a strong way.
1: You mentioned how he can go from kind of being silly to turning it on. I think that's actually one of his strongest things that I haven't seen anyone really talk about is he does such a good job of going into serious, I'm gonna beat people up mode without it feeling forced or or phony, like not like feeling like festus, you know, like where oh the bell rang now, I'm dangerous. You know, like it's a he does it in such a good way.
3: He does. It's actually kind of, you know, it, it took a couple of years for us to get in this point with this person's career. But uh, Kurt Angle, when Kurt got into that after a couple of years in WWE of being just the serious wrestler, three eyes, Olympic gold medalist, especially when he got into like, oh, one, the comedy stuff with him and Austin fighting over Vince's uh, attention. And, you know, we started to see that, that angle or no, well, no pun intended here, that, 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 <laughs> that, that part of Kurt Angle's a personality that yeah he could be goofy wearing stupid hats singing songs but you never lost sight of the fact that this guy can kick anybody's ass when he's ready to you know mm-hmm. and I think I think that I think Matt Riddle can hone into that you know you gotta you got something
2: you know one of my favorite attributes about Riddle is that you talk about checking boxes he can check both boxes as far as being a storyteller phenomenal on the mic as we know but I thought tonight uh you we were talking about this just a second ago he did such a good job of selling the foot injury, the ankle injury, like he did a phenomenal job like that. You don't get an opportunity to see much of that these days, but that he was given that ball and he was able to run with it and, and yeah, have a little fun with it with the crank kick too, but he still had that. I'm going to kick your ass mentality behind it at the same time, man. The guy is, he is to borrow a, a, a phrase from uh, Lex Luger, man. He is the total package right now.
1: Yeah, I, I I and I think crowds are gonna love him. I can already hear the bro, bro, bro chants. I think it's gonna be huge. Uh, so I don't know. I love him. Uh, AJ was great as always. Uh, we t- I kind of take AJ for granted at this point. I'm like, yeah, of course, everything he does is gonna be great. He's AJ Styles. But uh, yeah, match of the night for me. I thought this was really good. I thought, yeah, I just I don't know. This week I just thought that yeah, this is he's the guy. I think he'll be huge again. I don't know if he's gonna be bigger than Roman Reigns. That's a big that's a big big cookie to bite into, but. I think he, I think he's going to be up there. I well, be
3: it'll be, I mean, obviously, everything always is dependent on: do you stay on Vince's good side? Do you do you stay? You know, do you do something that all of a sudden turn? I mean, that's. But I'll be, you know, they allow him to do so much of the. the he he gets to slip in so much of the, the pot references and the high references and and look, I mean, obviously, look, it, it it that's. It's becoming more and more legalized in every state. So in theory, it's like that shouldn't be as big of an issue. Even five years ago, of having that be attached to somebody's gimmick and you're trying to make them one of your faces of the company can you send them to to the today show uh to do the press the, after they win the world title at mania like I, I think these things are all still i think a factor but i think as every month goes on and, the, and society just advances i think it's less of a thing but still all things considered it's just a matter of seeing how does he stay on the right side of Vince McMahon does he get those meetings that he needs does he get those pitches does Vince understand the bro gimmick who knows? Vince might be. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what Vince and Riddle's interactions are. But it's all a matter of does Vince get? It. As long as Vince gets it, and as long as guys like Randy Orton are putting in good words for, hey, this guy has got it. He's then you know, he's in good shape.
2: And sponsors clearly get it too. You know, finance is such a huge factor right now with Nick Khan driving WWE, right? And mm-hmm. and so we see what's happening now with Riddle and those sponsors with Burger King recently, right? So we saw that on TV the last few weeks, and then it even spilled over into social media, I believe this past week as well. And so this is a guy that they see dollar signs with, not just in ticket sales, not just in driving new subscribers to Peacock, but with the sponsors, right? And so that's ultra important for WWE as well. And that just Goes to man, this is the kind of guy that WWE is just relishing having on their roster right now.
1: Good point. And uh, something I like about this match too is it does obviously tease the eventual return of Orton and then them going after those tag team titles. Uh, but one thing that I, I forgot to mention too at the very top, and, and Chuck, you mentioned it. He's talking to Damian Priest backstage. Is is Damian Priest hurt? I, I think we talked about this before, but I,
2: I I'm glad he's on TV, but I'm wondering why he's not in any matches. Do we know that? I've not heard. I've not heard at all. I think maybe there was talk that he was a little bit nicked up, but I don't recall there ever being any talk that it was a serious thing. Um, And that's why we haven't seen much of him uh, since the, uh, yeah, what What was it? What was the pay-per-view after um, WrestleMania? WrestleMania it- it- Backlash. WrestleMania okay. Backlash. <laughs> uh, so, right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. What a memorable yeah. pay-per-view that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I don't the think it's the biggest pay-per-view of the year.
3: <laughs> yeah. it seems like Priest is fine. It seems like he's back, he's fine. It, it, you know. But I think uh, they're getting ready to reset and he'll be picking right back yeah. up into their stories. Yeah, it
1: must be one of those kind of like uh, double dutch jump roping. They're just kind of waiting for the chance to sort of let him jump in yeah. and get his I mean, spot. He, he
3: did the battle, yeah, he did the battle royal last week, but he's I mean I think it's now it's just they, he was off for a few weeks with some things. I think now it's all right, we're getting everything's getting ready to reset. Money in the bank and back on the road, everything gets to reset. Is that Uh, a
2: pairing you guys would want to see down the road, maybe Damian Priest and Riddle get together? Because, I, man, I was ready to push my chips all in with those two tonight.
1: I love them going at it in the Battle Royal, actually. I I mean, I think both those guys are great, so I'd love to see them, whether they're teaming or against each other. I do think he's going to be one of the guys that tries to throw a wrench in RK Bro, though. Mm. Whether it be just because he's saying... Hey, Randy Orton's taking advantage of you or what? I don't know, but I think that something there is... I think he's going to be one of the things that causes a problem there. Um, But speaking of monkey wrenches getting thrown into the works here, Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre. It finally happened. People have been asking for this online on Twitter. They've been saying they want to see these two match up and have a fight. Uh, Jinder rolls in on a motorcycle and says he demanded a match with Drew McIntyre because uh he didn't spell out two in a text message which just seems very odd for a reason with all their history to have them mad at each other but we did get another did drew know about his sword being made out of a Loch Ness monster tooth which again seems kind of random here we get a match I thought the match was a cool match for a, a Monday Night Raw it ends in DQ and Jinder steals the sword um I thought that Jinder did pretty good. I think he he earned more TV time, but Justin, how do you feel about uh, where they're going with this? It looks like they're going to continue this rivalry for the foreseeable future.
3: I don't mind the rivalry, but I don't understand what the hell the execution was. Like for okay, so let's let's start let's start at the beginning here. He got mad at his shorthand texting and the fact that it took Drew 3 days to respond to said text with a shorthand text reply. I mean, like, if that's what constitutes a match, like, I, I should be in a hell in a cell with Raj. Um, <laughs> so there's number one. Number two, I don't understand the, the the Drew history lessons. Number three, you know, I just did, a, I just recorded a, an interview with Drew last week, and and I, I released one clip on my Twitter the day. I'm going to release a whole lot starting tomorrow uh, at Justin bar. And one of the things he, uh, he talked about, I asked him at one point just for fun. I was like, oh, you know, give me, you know, what's life on the road with Drew? You know, you're riding buddies. And, and he noted how Jenner Mahal, he doesn't ride with a lot of people, but he noted Jenner Mahal is one of the people that he, one of the sh- on the short list of guys that he rides with on the road. And he was talking a little bit about the relationship. So, I mean, like, and, and again, we all know 3MB. So it's like, there's so much there. Again, when you can always border shades of reality, when you can blur reality, that always gets people in it. Even if it's the controversial love triangles that we've seen happen in, in real life pro wrestling locker rooms, it always is easier to sell to people because they know that there's components of reality to this. So i I was hoping that by summer's end we would get to Drew versus Ginger. I thought Drew would be done with the world title picture. I thought maybe Summerslam, Drew versus Ginger, and we could have all kinds of archival footage for three MB. We could have shoot inter- you know shoot interviews. We could have photos that they could turn over that are actually real photos they own he slater pops up and he's in the middle of. The, but no we decide to just unload this unadvertised based on a effing text message it's raw
1: i like that that's what got jinder to show up to raw too like he was he was fine doing things but then what drew didn't text me back quickly i'm showing up and i'm getting some revenge Justin, to your point, yeah, I mean, it would be so easy for them to just say, I was always the best guy in three-man band. And if Drew's getting title shots, I'm going to prove I am. But uh Chuck, I-, I feel like at the very least, I like that this is a side quest for Drew to not be in the world title scene. But I mean, I got to agree with uh with Justin a bit here. It feels very random how they're getting to it.
2: It was just brutal to get to it. I mean, it's it's a match that you guys just said, like a lot of people have been clamoring for. I think that the match itself makes perfect sense. But again, we're going to give an F for execution here, okay? We can't give an E for excellence. We're giving an F as in fail. Like this was just crap. I mean, I'm just sorry. I got to straight shoot this. And what, what the hell was he talking about? My sword is from the Loch Ness Monster's tooth, right? This is a guy that was just carrying the company through a lot of the pandemic, a badass, and now You've got him spilling nonsense like he spent the afternoon smoking wacky tobacco in the locker room. It doesn't make any sense. And now you're also having him refer to himself in the third person, which again takes away away credibility. To me, doesn't seem like a very babyface thing to do. I know that that's just kind of overanalyzing thing, but you put that on top of a wacky promo and the fact that now he's wrestling a guy because he used the number two in a text message as opposed to writing out the word. Give me a freaking break. I actually feel sorry for them uh, for being put in the position that they were. But the match itself wasn't bad. They're going to continue it into the future. But my God, can we please do better? You have an army of writers. Somebody has to have a good idea. For the love of God, please use Mon. Thank you. That is all.
3: Well, two things. One, perhaps Drew and his wacky tobacco type stories are leading into him going to Burger King with Matt Riddle. so don't rule out the sponsor fair fair fair. number number two i can't help but think that maybe maybe the whole premise of we're going to start this feud off not because of all the other personal stuff that i just outlined but we're going to start this feud off of because of using the number two rather than the letters t-o-o maybe it's a rib on somebody maybe somebody used two, the number to vince in a text and then it made him mad, or confused him, or something, and then that's where we're, maybe we're, maybe we're ribbing somebody. That that that's where we're. I mean, that, that, that happens, and the, the, those type of things materialize to TV somehow, yeah, some way.
1: Got to spell it out, pal. Jesus, I, it was interesting too that uh, Jinder was so proud of his motorcycle that I have never seen him ride before in my life. That it's now like. He was like, yes, when I first got this brand-new motorcycle. like, I mean,
3: cool. He, but- he said it was custom. And by the way, we've seen a lot of motorcycles on WWE TV over the last 25 years. Yeah. Between, between The Undertaker's American Badass, between Disciples of Apocalypse. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting many, but we've yeah. seen a lot of motorcycles. That was hardly the nicest motorcycle I've seen on WWE TV. So stop bragging yeah. about it. And at least have a sidecar for Shanky and Beer, who saved your ass in the match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that would be I, print money a giant sidecar for both of those two to sit in uh but uh in this in the chat we got uh and let me know if i say the name right uh sahil says gender taker whoo <laughs> so uh i did get some uh american badass vibes when he rolled in but uh yeah i just this one you, to think, credit, gender, you
3: think you think jinder mahal listens to kid rock i don't think so <laughs>
1: What about Little Biscuit? I, I don't think he, he listens to My Way or the Highway on repeat when he's lifting. That's a good song. That's a good one. Uh, but I do want to say, I mean, just again, I agree. I thought the whole everything that was said was absolutely silly. But I, to give a little credit, I do think that they delivered as good as they could have for these. I, I to Drew's credit, I think he actually said, like, he, "I don't like what he said." But as far as how he did it, I mean, he gave it his all. It's hard to fault him for the delivery and things it was just the words that he was saying were very like what like that that was kind of an that that would be one of those as Raj always says if someone walked in in the middle of that i would have been very embarrassed of him talking about i have a sword made from the Loch Ness monster's tooth
3: i don't know that and then just, that's like, but then that sword's been stolen now that's what's gonna keep us going Jinder is stolen the sword so it's gonna be a sword on a pole match what course. what if this is their way of just trying to write the sword out so he doesn't have to travel with it <laughs> you could just not have the sword show up for a few weeks and I would just forget about it. You don't need to have Ginger steal it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying uh, to And by this the way, he's Jack, he's not traveling with a sword. The prop department transports it. <laughs> him. He's not he, he's not going through checking at LAX and and and, and, and I got the sword. You know, the titles, yes, they do, but not the sword. <laughs> Can I put this in the
2: overhead compartment? <laughs> yeah. So let, let me let me ask y'all a completely random question about said sword. Does this mean that the Loch Ness monster has metal teeth or that the Loch Ness monster is wearing braces? Like I'm just on the <laughs> fence here. He stole the braces. <laughs> the poor Loch Ness monster's teeth are all crooked now because Drew
1: rider <laughs> needed a sword. Uh, these are the questions I want the answer to, guys. That's what I hope we get next week on uh, the on the last episode of the Thunderdome. But let's 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 move on from from this. We smoke got some wacky tobacco, and I think <laughs> you'll come up with your own answers. <laughs> We got a giant match with Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Dewdrop, and Eva Marie against Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Asuka, and Nikki Ash. This was one of those giant cluster matches, but a few stories did play out. Reggie's still being affected by Bliss, and Baszler doesn't like it. Dewdrop's still looking dominant, uh, but the new wrinkle here is that Nia Jax isn't happy about Eva claiming to be the only person that won the match I want to start off with a little bit of news that kind of dropped this week, and it was reported by uh, PWI uh, Insider saying that uh, apparently uh, this man wasn't a huge fan of Do Drop at first, but has since kind of changed his mind. He was convinced to do like have her on the show, and then he started to really like her, and now he's loves her and especially the way she stood up to Eva Marie, especially the facial expressions and all that good stuff. So it sounds like we're going to be getting a lot more do drop. Uh, Justin, are you happy about that? How do you feel about do drop getting more time?
3: I'm not mad about it. You know, like it, I mean, it's still kind of cra- the name and, and what have you. But I think, again, we see, you see the end result. The end result is uh, the old fashioned, you know, don't be a bully, be a star and do drop. You know, we've already seen her, you know, resist against Eva and, you know, we'll see the break off and then she'll drop that ridiculous name and have her actual name come back. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean, and I also, I'll, I'll say this too. Um, You know, there was a lot of, you know, I mean, so, social media can be such a, just a toxic place, unfortunately, because everybody has the mm-hmm. ability to say, to say whatever in anonymity for the most part, you yeah. know, there was such a, there was such a, there was such a population of people after Piper Niven do drop, appeared on raw of, of you know she doesn't have the typical body type that a lot of the other uh, female performers do and just the body shaming and and whatever and uh, so i and and you know we always hear Vince is a body guy in the sense of just performers in general more mm-hmm. mo- mostly we talk about with the male performers you know he though know, that you know image and appearance is important so i'm glad to hear that somebody who doesn't look like the stereotypical figure uh, in the in the female locker room but is a really damn good wrestler and is even showing right now already with the facial expressions needed to play this, you know, you're being this whipped dog right now is being bullied. She's doing all she can. I like the fact that she's doing well with it and she's a good wrestler. I like the fact that it, she's being rewarded of, okay, I, I'm digging this and that we're not letting, uh, you know, different, you know, we're not letting body shaming come into play is what I'm trying to get at. So I'm fine. I, I, if, if this report is accurate and that he is in fact super impressive as the report reads. Of uh, uh, this, then good, and I think even Marie's a tremendous heel. So who, if, you know, who better to make Piper into being a a real relevant babyface than even Marie? Because like her or not like her, no, she's not Ric Flair in the ring, but she's a heat magnet. and She does it well. So i I'm, I'm, I think this is a winning formula potentially.
1: I'd say if she was great in the ring. It wouldn't work.
3: <laughs> Half
1: of her thing right, wouldn't work. Exactly, was exactly. great. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge, I was a Piper Niven fan. I've said before in NXT UK, so I'm glad she's getting the time. I think I'm glad she's proving that she's doing great. I like what's happening with her. I'm actually really interested in the story. Uh, Chuck, how are you feeling? I don't think we've got your opinion on do drop yet. At least I don't know if I've chatted with you about it yet
2: don't like the name whatsoever but i do like the character um and and i do think that there is a lot of potential there and she does she has a different look which is fantastic because you know th- if, if you think about it right it's like what's the knock on wwe like everything's in a formula and you're never building new stars well she does not exactly fit the typical formula and she's brand new right there's such a small segment of the raw and smackdown audience that also watch nxt uk so to the majority of people, they have no idea who Piper Niven was, so they only know her as Dewdrop. so you've got yourself a fresh face on the roster who's really taking the ball and running with it. She's doing a great job executing what they've been uh, given to her, and uh, her pairing, actually, with Eva Marie has really been impressive. I didn't think it was going to work when it first uh, popped up on screen a couple of weeks ago, but as this thing continues to play out, I've really, really, really been impressed with what it is that she's been able to do, and I am excited. To see what the future holds for her,
3: and, it, and also I, the other thing too, real quick about Dewdrop or Piper being a different uh, look than a lot of the girls. It's also about you want to find things that are, are relatable to your audience. You know, for on, on the male side of things, yeah, you yeah, you have your 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 chiseled, you know, Drew McIntyre's and Bobby Lashley's and Randy Orton's, but you know, you also have your Kevin Owens, your Viking Raiders, your you know, mm-hmm. Ricochet, who's only like five foot seven. You have other guys who are different body types different whatevers and you know if you're uh, especially if you're a younger fan and they still gear towards the younger audience if you're a younger you know boy a male growing up and, and and you're not the proto if you're not a bodybuilder already at age 13 you can feel a little relatability to somebody who looks more like you or has something that makes you feel that you can relate and same thing on the women's side we don't again all the women are are you know got that model figure and they're they're all beautiful in that way but having somebody like like piper or like dewdrop who has a different beauty a different look that's good for for the female audience who people who might relate more to her might feel like that hey i don't I'm, i don't look like Eva marie i don't feel like i'm an Eva marie i feel like i'm strong but i'm not even marie it, it, there's a relatability factor i think it's really important that they you know branch out and are willing to see the value in that
1: and it helps that she's she's not they're not treating her like an idiot they're not treating her like a uh like, she's just someone who looks different. Yeah. She wrestles well. She's handling herself well. And I think that yeah. that all plays into everything you're saying, Justin.
3: Yeah. It, it's good that her gimmick right now is not... You know, this is all stuff I'm taking from past gimmicks they've unfortunately yeah. shoved to people. Her gimmick's not a farting gimmick. Her gimmick's not yeah. a an eating gimmick. Her gimmick's not a... a- people call me a pig and these are all things that WWE has done in the past so i'm not pitching stupid ideas these are things that WWE no. has done in the past i don't, <laughs> I don't
2: think to have a, a woman who doesn't fit that typical model mold i don't think that you if, if you have a woman like that do a farting gimmick that would exactly play well uh in today's climate either so i think that they're really they're, they're actually being very respectful with who she is i mean she's relatable to three quarters of the audience for goodness sake so i mean like like you said man like i'm i'm really 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 excited for or what it is that she's bringing to the table and i think they've done a magnificent job of unveiling her so far
1: yeah so something that happened uh speaking of people who are kind of new to the roster uh someone who's been on a win streak was nikki ash up until today and she got pinned by naya jacks and to me this didn't sit well i mean i get what happened you got to keep eva marie uh undefe- eva marie undefeated quote unquote uh, but it felt a little weird that you have this this win streak with, as for whatever they were, uh, Nikki Ash is beaten now. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair multiple times, won a ton of matches, and now she gets pinned just kind of clean in the middle of the ring by Nia Jax for no reason. I don't know if it feels like that win streak that was built up just for this was really worth it. Uh, Chuck, how do you feel about Nikki Ash and uh, kind of what's going on with that whole thing?
2: Well, I think that they focused on the A part of Ash, okay? So almost, almost a superhero, right? Clearly not anything super heroic from her tonight. So um, I, I don't like the fact that they did have her go under tonight, just, uh, what, one week after she unveiled this brand new gimmick. And it 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 is worrisome to me that that means she's going to immediately get knocked down the roster. Now, it comes out that this was an idea that she had pitched. This is an idea that she proposed. And I I may be overthinking this, guys. I may be overthinking this. But because it did not come from the writer's room, I'm also wondering if it makes it easier to knock her down a couple of pegs, not, not because they're jealous or anything like that, but everybody's always going to want to push their own ideas a little bit more so than someone else's. And so I'm wondering if that's going to work actually against her than the fact that she would be, I guess, rewarded or given an girl for bringing something new to the table. So I keep a close eye on what happens with Nikki Ash moving forward, but I'm 100% with you. I do not like the fact that she was the one that did the job tonight.
3: Yeah, don't like her getting pinned, but I'm hopeful in two weeks, once again, once they start having crowds, um, especially if they, if they go back to, I don't know how much they will, but if they go back to doing non-televised live event house shows, uh, where talent really are given a lot of freedom to entertain the crowd, and like, this could be a gimmick that could work. I still mm-hmm. think it can work. Uh, and yeah, you know, like Chuck was saying, I mean, this is something that, you know, that, that it's come out that she, this was something that she kind of pitched and she has the origin the genesis of the idea but I don't know and but even even though if it might be her idea there might be still a writer or writers who are helping develop it and who are pitching it so they might still feel like they have stake in the game and are trying to work their way up in the uh, up the ladder in the writers' room of things that they worked on that are succeeding so uh, I'm gonna give it hope again don't like the booking xs and O's decision tonight for her but I have hope I'm hope that she's going to uh, get a good reaction with these crowds and that'll be the ultimate, uh, okay, we'll keep it going.
1: Well, one thing that that went on tonight that I I, I personally really enjoyed was uh, Mustafa Ali versus Mansoor. I thought it was great to see both these guys in the ring. I thought it was cool to see a new matchup. I thought Ali looked great. And I think what he really did good tonight, at least in my opinion, was that he kind of worked the lack of a crowd by just being verbal throughout the whole match and kind of telling the story just verbally, uh, and I loved how they finished it with him sort of saying, "Look, if you're a good guy, you finish last." This one really hit to me. It wasn't match of the night per se. It wasn't this moment that I think we'll talk about forever. But if given the time, I think Ali showed again that he's got a lot of of room to do some pretty big things. Uh, and then Monsour got some time on TV. So I thought it was win. I thought it was I thought it was a win win because again, it was a new matchup. Two guys that did great. I loved it all around. Justin, how did you feel about these two?
3: Yeah, nothing wrong with it. I mean, I I don't, I can't say I'm really invested uh, that much in it. I mean, I, the Monsoor thing has been so kind of like stop, start and go and, and, and manic. I, all I can ever think about whenever I see, and this is unfair to him, it's not because of him, but all I can ever see when I see them putting time in is like, Some bat phone, some red phone is blinking in Vince's office, and it's the Saudi Arabia government saying, (laughs) Well, we got the countdown has started. We got five months to the next show here in Jeddah. How's the booking for Mansour going? Like, you know, I don't know. I just, that's all. I mean, like, they, we've never seen him before, and he was like in a battle royal and winning battle royal. And so that's all I can think about for him. So that's unfair to him. Hopefully he can uh, earn his own stake here on TV to us and make it relevant to, to, um, Mustafa Ali. I, I, this guy, I, I don't know why we've retribution's done and gone with. So we don't have to like we don't have to save face and have him keep being the bad guy. This guy has a great baby face story. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy, you know, a police officer in the Chicago area, um, you know, has very much been vocal about. Don't throw a turban on me and give me the Middle East gimmick. I, I'm not doing that uh, and good on him. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot, there's something here with him that you could do. And again, especially with crowds coming back, I I don't understand this. this, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I like both guys. Wish them well. Don't understand any of this. Don't care.
1: I I agree with you in that. I think he could be someone that fans could love. I think he's a real life hero in a lot of ways uh, with the police officer background and and whatnot. Uh, He's, I think he's just talented. So I think he can pull off being a villain too. So I'm not necessarily angry about it because I think he's talented.
2: But uh, Chuck, how about you? You know, here's the thing that really struck me with that match is that Mansoor is still very green at times, but he did have flashes. And then if you think back to his debut at one of those Saudi shows a couple of years ago, and you look at where he was that night versus where he was tonight, I think that there has been tremendous growth from him in the ring. Do I ever think he's going to be a top tier superstar? Absolutely not, but I wasn't mad at this match, and it is something new. It is something fresh. So, if WWE sees fit to continue with this uh, for the time being, by all means, go ahead and do it. And yeah, uh, to the point of uh, Mustafa Ali, I you know he is a guy that WWE should really do more to build up and give him a little bit more TV time and prominence uh, because this is a guy. Having spoken with him a number of times myself, he really does. He's a straight shooter, and he loves to tell that story. And he's somebody that I think that again given today's climate could not only you know reach the current fan base but he's a guy whose comments could carry well outside of the wwe universe and then bring in a couple of new eyeballs as well so he's really an asset to wwe i wish that they would use him a little bit more
3: yeah to my reference earlier of situations he's one again go on the nbc today show he's one that can do a profile and story on and you got my attention you know 100%
1: 100% and he can he can speak to that story as well if he's on that show so if they ask him questions he's someone who's good enough at speaking and, and well spoken enough to tell that story in a way that I think makes everyone look great again I think he's super talented so I'd love to see more of him and uh, Mansoor, I I know there's probably some you know factor of him you know them having the saudi arabia shows and stuff but i still think he's great and i think it's it's i think it's okay to have someone that is representing sort of a country or an area in that way and i don't know i'm fine with him i, I like him
3: yeah i have no problem with him i have no problem again i don't want to don't i have no problem with representation. Yeah. it just I, what i mean is like it, it the time they felt so a lot of the stuff with him felt so right. forced it was obvious like okay we're you know he kind of jumped the line in front of a lot of people he's uh, winning yeah. it, he, he went his record is goldberg record in saudi arabia then but uh <laughs> tv <laughs> in the states you know yeah it, i just i just need i need yeah. consistency behind it, that's mm-hmm. all
1: no i i get i get what you're saying too yeah winning the the rumble and all that other stuff but um uh speaking of, we had mentioned retribution so let's talk about t-bar and mace having a match with lucha house party shout out to the cane outfit from Lindsay dorado by the way who was the star of the match They got a win. uh, Lucha House Party did over Mason T Bar, which totally blew my mind. I think was the surprise of the night. Uh, I like it because I think those two guys are incredibly talented. if you give them the chance to go, Uh, but uh, Justin, we'll start with you. Was this a death blow for Mason T Bar
3: losing to the Lucha House Party? I think because all I can, I mean, like, what do I mean? What's the next step? They have, they have, they want a rematch, and because it's it's so funny too. First off, I'm a big Lucha House Party fan. I for a long time, I've been beating that drum on this on this podcast. But this match, I mean, obviously the way it was laid out, it looked like it was just a, you know, just a long, longer drawn out squash match. I mean, and I even made a note to myself as I was making notes because the show's three hours. My my memory fades after a <laughs> while. I even made a note and said the Mason T bar offense. There was some new offense they were using that like grabbed my attention. Like, okay, this is a good offense with these two big guys, and okay, this is a big squash match. Maybe we're Maybe we're around in the corner of building these guys up for you know some relevance in the tag division, and then just as quick as I can finish writing that, and I look up, <laughs> they've lost. So um, yeah, I don't know, but you know, but maybe this might not be the worst thing. What's the worst that happens? This is WWE's way of ending the gimmicks of Mason T Bar, and especially the T Bar to, to to Dijakovic. I mean, like these these gimmicks are forever tampered with. As again, as as I mentioned earlier, retribution leftovers. Wipe that clean. I mean, both these guys, especially T bar, have potential and are ready. Have a look. They're big in size. Get them out of this nonsense. Yeah. Chuck, do you agree?
2: Yeah, Jack, you you asked if uh, this was the death blow for them. And I'll tell you what, if going into tonight, that nail wasn't all the way in the coffin, it was about three quarters there. And I think that this may be the end of it. And it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, these guys did show that they can do very well in the ring if given the proper gimmick, right? But we all know, I think that we're kidding ourselves if Mace and T-Bar are their ticket to the promised land. It's just not going to happen. They're never going to be able to get that stink off of them from the retribution run. You know, they, 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 it just looks goofy. The names are horrific, but they are two talented individuals. And yeah, I do give uh, 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 Mace all the credit in the world for, uh, T-Bar rather, all the credit in the world for betting on Himself, but at, at the end of the day, you know he needs to be in the right character to go ahead and succeed. And this is not it, my friends. He's got a lot of talent, but give give him give him something else. Let him come up with something else.
1: Are you saying that you can't envision a WrestleMania poster that says Brock Lesnar versus T Bar for the Universal Title?
2: I'm not even going <laughs> to choke around. I'm saying 100 just that, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I I have to agree. T Bar is a terrible name, but I agree also with what Justin said. Dominic Dijakovic is great, yes. uh, and he deserves some some big things. And I like both teams involved. I like seeing them both on TV. But uh, and I, I hope Lucha House Party gets some good stuff out of it. But I also hope that this is kind of the end of the retribution stuff, and those guys can just become themselves instead of these weird characters they've been.
3: Just to think, too long. this time last year, I know I wasn't podcasting with both of you this time last year, but this yeah. time last year, we were spending our pandemic COVID uncertain days of wrestling. Some of it in the performance center, still talking mm-hmm. about how Retribution is the leading thing that they were booking. And Retribution had 60 members that were, you know, vandalizing and, 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 uh, and, so that's one bonus. We've gotten away from that. We we moved on from that.
1: Right. It's that, they're getting they're getting closer. They're getting closer to freedom from this this whole thing. But uh, someone who's not getting closer to freedom is Charlotte Flair from Rhea Ripley. Uh, she comes out and does an interview, and I actually thought she was doing great as being the unbearable. Oh, woe is me. My leg is hurt. I can't believe Rhea Ripley did this. Uh, then Ripley came out, and I just, I, I'm still not sold on this whole thing. I still don't know who I'm supposed to like. Uh, Chuck, what are your thoughts on this? I, don't really, I, I feel like it's, it's hard to not just repeat myself. I don't understand who I'm supposed to cheer for between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I'm not sure who I'm supposed to want to win. I feel like they're both just unbearable people.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a blur as to as to who should be the baby face in this one. Um I I think technically it's still supposed to be Rhea Ripley man, but who the frig knows. Um I thought actually Charlotte if anybody came out a little bit more the baby face tonight. Um but the segment itself was entertaining to me. Uh, I think they're two extremely talented uh, performers in the ring so I really don't have a whole heck of a lot bad to say about the segment at all I thoroughly enjoyed it you know you got crutches you got danger you got people on the microphone trying to do you know pull the wool over each other's eyes and I actually like the the kind of apprentice gimmick that Charlotte is is doing now with Rhea Ripley whether they're acknowledging that flat out or not you know she keeps saying that Rhea's learning Rhea's learning so does that mean that Rhea will soon be the dirtiest Player in the game? I don't know, but I'm 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 digging this, man. I don't have anything bad to say about this segment at all.
3: Justin, how do you do you agree? I'm trying. I, I think Chuck's on to something. They, they are staying with this underlying theme of like, you know, you know, when Rio was able to uh manipulate a victory the last time they fall in that match. you know, and, and Charlotte said, You're learning, bitch. Like, I mean, I, I mean there's something to yeah. it, but I, I just I don't know. I, I can't. I can't. I, I've yet to care. i have just. I'm, I'm so thrown off on of this. I'm. I'm. I'm so thrown off on the question that you pose, Jack. Of who's the heel? Who's the face? Who am I supposed to feel sympathy for? Uh, I hate Rhea. Rhea's theme music just bothers me. I, I'm cool with the look and everything. I don't know. I just. I can't get with it. I, I this, this. This whole thing came on. I saw it. I saw Rhea coming out in the crutch and you know mocking Charlotte. I mean, I. I, I was doing other things. I was. I. I just didn't care. <laughs>
1: Yeah, these are two two women. I, I love both of them as far as their their talent and who they are, their characters. I love everything. It just feels weird. I don't know. For me, it's just not working with them together. I think if they were against anyone else, I'd love them both. And I, I do, and Chuck, I, I will say, I do kind of like what you're saying about the whole learning from Charlotte. It just, when when Ripley does it, it doesn't feel like she's doing it in a, a cheeky kind of like, haha ha, I got you way. It's more of just like, I'm also a jerk kind of way. So I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm not invested in either of them right now.
2: I, I like Look, man, is it perfect? No, but I, I think that it's, it's entertaining as well. I don't think that, it, again, they're not outwardly saying that Charlotte is the, is the mentor here. They're not outwardly saying monkey see monkey do. It's kind of a You know, just this little thing kind of under the surface that's that's barely under the surface, man. But, you know, it's Mm. just, it's, it's okay with me. I'm okay with it. And I'm okay if they continue with this, at least to, uh, as we get a little bit closer to SummerSlam and then maybe change things up a little bit. But I think that. If, if I'm WWE and I had to sniff out where this is going, I think that you're going to see a role reversal right now. So if Rhea is technically supposed to be the face and Charlotte is the heel, I think that you're going to see a bit of a flip flop here. If by no other reason, than just kind of naturally how that's happening organically, I should say uh, just based off of how this storyline is playing out.
1: Well, it will be interesting to see. Um, and maybe you're right. I, I think of, uh, uh, uh... Rhea Ripley as a heel would be good to see because she's been kind of the face for a long time, but I think she also has a look that she could be a terrifying person that just crushes people, so I'd like to see that. Something that I thought I wouldn't see again, but we did see again, was Elias versus Riker in the form of a tag team match with Cedric and R-Truth involved. So I guess the strap match wasn't the end of this. Uh, We have a tag team match, though it doesn't really feel like a tag team match because R-Truth leaves to go after the 24-7 title again and I uh, Elias runs away again and Cedric loses again uh this to me feels very much like they are feeding a ton of people to Riker to make him look just completely unstoppable um and I don't know what the next move is for him but Justin what do you think is next for Riker it feels like they're really trying to build this guy up uh
3: maybe this this whole thing was a a fuster cluck. I don't... Maybe. that's. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, this is your favorite got, part of the show. This is where my... Uh, this is where my WWE analyst title... I'm falling short. I ain't got much for you on this one.
1: I really don't. Next. Uh, next. <laughs> I mean, there, there's really not much to it. Uh Chuck, anything you want to add to it? If, it feels to me like this was something I thought was done, and then they... They had to find a way to spice it up, so they threw two extra guys in there.
2: Yeah, I got four words to sum this one up is could not care less. Yeah. I think that sums it up. I think we'll move it up. Move it on.
3: Uh last part of the show, the hurt did, business. Did you notice yeah. as we have more and more wrestlers laid off the uh the Congo line for the 24-7 title? Get the smaller. congo line is getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like in times like these,
1: I don't think it's so bad being someone that chases after the twenty four seven title sometimes if, if oh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta
3: get dressed to get in your ring gear, put tape on. <laughs> you could just easily sit next to the nice catering and just you gotta get you gotta get camera ready. For your fifteen seconds to chase our truth or to give me a break. No, you got to follow
1: the 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 ricochet rule. Just take your shirt off and throw on a vest, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah,
3: you don't you don't you don't even have no way Jose to dance with anymore. <laughs> you don't have Adam Rose to be a rosebud. Nah, you're just you're just running in place to find <laughs> the twenty four seven title. Which, by the way, who would have thought the twenty four seven title? It's been two years, two it's, summers now. The twenty four seven title has been around. Two years ago, this was part of the USA initiative of, remember, that they, they tried to make the third hour of Raw, like, black and white, and, like, you know, black yeah. and white graphics, and serious and the 24-7 title, anytime, anywhere. It was part of those initiatives of USA Network We're seeing these viewership numbers decline, and two years later, it still exists, but it is simply a prop for our truce Hall of Fame speech at this point.
1: That is a funny point you make about one, how long it's been, but also how you have to get dressed for it. That, like, how, do, how do you feel if you're like Umberto Carrillo and they're like, hey, buddy, get suited up. We got something for you tonight. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> you get dressed and like, all right, we need you to go chase Tozawa out to the ring real quick. You're like, oh, I thought I was going to get a chance, but. In any case, not really much there. We get the main event, Hurt Business. I don't know if we still call him Hurt Business at this point or if it's just Bobby Lashley and MVP, but uh, they take on the New Day in a tag team match. Uh, I thought it was a good holiday, three-day weekend, Raw main event. Kofi gets one up on Bobby Lashley before heading into their big matchup. Not a whole lot, I don't think, came from this other than we got to see MVP back in the ring. Uh, Chuck, any, any takeaways on this one?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. you. You actually stole my point. It, it was good to see MVP uh, back in the ring, taking some bumps. Um, yeah, that's that's always fun for me. He's always been a guy that's been high on my my watch list. Um, as far it's it's just a match that they put together to, to kind of further the feud. And speaking of having MVP back in the ring, he's obviously there tonight because they're going to protect Bobby Lashley. They're not going to have Bobby lose tonight. So they still needed the new day to win. So, of course, you have uh, MVP go ahead and take the pin for you. So that made all the sense in the world to me. Um, is this a match that I'm going to remember next week? Probably not. But in the scheme of main events and based off of some of the other things that we saw on the show tonight, I'm not too mad at this. Not too mad at it at all. Yep. Yeah, any no. uh,
1: any closing words, Justin, on the
2: main event?
3: Uh, I mean, it was there. Uh, I looked at it as the takeaway I took was, you know, Lashley kind of played for a minute there. The facial expressions of MVP—he was frustrated that MVP lost that match for them. So I went, "Ooh, are we now doing mm-hmm. the countdown? Now that now are we doing the countdown to the breakup? Is uh, have we do we have we identified in the in the creative room? This is the date we want to break them up. Now we got to work backwards." That's really the only thing I took from it. Um, you know, I mean, that, 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 that's about it. I will say, too, and right before the main event, they did the, they did about a minute worth of um, promo graphics of what's coming up next week, what's coming up in two weeks when we're back in front of fans. And one of the things, I think the match they announced in front of fans was a, a raw tag title match of AJ and Omos versus the Viking Raiders. And just that, especially because AJ and Omos have been pretty protected, especially Omos, obviously, Mm-hmm. just that and i'm saying this is a big title tag i mean how often have they ever promoted a tag title match weeks out they promoted right. that two weeks out a tag title match and it's back in front of fans that that 30 seconds of that particular part of the promo got me more juiced up tonight than pretty much anything else because i was like we're almost there and it's a tag title match is being built and then the way next week the week prior to that we're going to have you know the tag they're going to be single each tag guys gonna be a singles match against the counterpart so we can't, two weeks cannot come fast enough. We, we have to get, we have to get out of the Thunderdome. I don't ever want to hear a nostalgic wrestling fan go, you know, I love them to do the old school Raw, the Great American Bash, <laughs> and then the Thunderdome again. Thunderdome. I don't ever want to see the fucking Thunderdome again.
1: You're going to have some hipster wrestling fan in five years being like, it was so much better in the Thunderdome era. Oh, that man. was when they had the best stuff and we're going to roll our eyes. But, that might
3: be a Matt Riddle promo and a Burger King commercial in a year from now. And, <laughs> and that's all I can think about with that. I, I just. That's.
1: Uh, one thing I, I want to ask you guys, just as a random sort of hypothetical uh, the the world title is the biggest thing in wrestling always. And Bobby Lashley's still doing his thing. Did them losing Shelton and Cedric from the Hurt Business, now that it's so far in the rear view, does it really matter? As far uh, as making as far Lashley, as just like,
2: less of them. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, do we really is is Lashley still
2: is Lashley less without them today? Now that they've been gone for a while, no, I actually think that his stock has risen slightly since they've been gone. To be perfectly honest with you, so um, I wasn't a fan of breaking up the hurt business at first, but I as far as Bobby being a, a credible champion, no, I don't think it's hurt him whatsoever.
3: It didn't hurt him, but it but I don't think it would have harmed him if if, if they would have remained. You know, what I mean, like, right. so it's, you missed you. You kind of just dropped off an opportunity to elevate C- Cedric, especially. I mean, Shelton Benjamin. We forget or some people forget he's a he's a veteran. It's been around for so long, uh, so it's great to see him on TV. But Cedric really was the piece of like he was the, you know, he was the the, the Randy Orton and the Evolution. So you know, like he was the, yeah. the the younger guy that could get the ultimate rub. MVP established, Bobby established, Shelton established. So it was kind of like the fact they just decided just to not even care anymore and drop them off. It, it just hurt Cedric the most. Uh, but no, it hasn't hurt Lashley.
1: Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's a bummer for, for him, but I don't know. I was just thinking about it. Cause I know we were all very upset about it, but um, it is what it is now. Jackson the, with the super chat. Here's some cash. Thank you, Jax. Uh, thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. Um, that I think that's a good note, Jax. A th- a thank you to Jax. And then uh, I think that kind of does it for us. That, that rounds out the show. Uh, Chuck, Justin, any kind of final thoughts or anything we missed before closing out?
2: Uh, on a scale of uh, one to 10, I'd give this show about a six and a half. Is that too generous, Justin?
3: Mm. I like whole numbers. I'll go six. I think six is fair.
2: I think it's it.
1: It was, I don't know, like there, I don't think there's anything. Well, there's a few things, but it wasn't outrageously necessary bad. I just don't think it really mattered. Like, just if you like, missed this episode, it didn't really hurt anything
3: it, 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 jack it's like when you came on people didn't see this when we were on the air it's like when you came on before we go on the air you, you the first thing you came in uh, it's just it's just the, the cruise control torturous yeah. cruise control and, and they that's that's where they, they they have their sights set on when they get back money in the bank on the road off and running SummerSlam is probably gonna be magical but but between now and then the next 13 days are just uh, and by the way, Jack, you're you, you're you're the luxury of being on the West Coast. Chuck and I on the East Coast here, so it's, it's yeah. you know, we're we're staying up and it's past midnight, and and we're been you know, just yeah, that's
1: yeah. it, <laughs> that's a good point because it's only nine o'clock here, so you guys are yeah, you, you can go fast. heat up a Hello Fresh. It's still
3: <laughs> light out where you are. You got a Hello <laughs>
0: Fresh, you know, uh, yeah,
3: you know, I'm 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 sitting here drinking grandpa's cough medicine to go to bed here <laughs> just because it's twelve nineteen in the freaking morning yeah uh well um
1: well i think that does it does it for us uh actually chuck did you have anything last you want to say no man
2: that's it dude i'm turning into a pumpkin
1: all right perfect well That does it for us. Uh, Guys, if you're in the chat or if you're listening to the show, why don't you leave a comment and let us know on a scale of 1 to 10 what you would rate this episode of Raw as. It would be fun to see what you guys have in there. Uh, But that does it for us here at Wrestling Inc. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the NXT After Show. That's going to be a good one after a great American Bash, as well as AEW After Show is back on Wrestling Inc. And As always, the SmackDown After Show on Friday. Uh, I'm Jack Farmer for Justin LaBarre and Chuck carol that does it for us at wrestling inc and we'll see you guys next time
3: the cast going down